We're in a place where we need to steward the presence of the Lord. It's one thing to say that we are believers. It's another to act like it, to behave and to walk in it. And so God wants us to walk in His manifest presence. And I'm in a study right now that I've been bringing to you that is our theme for the year, and that's the presence of God. And there are three manifestations that would identify that people have been in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God, three things should manifest. One is the spirit of hospitality. I'm not talking about tea and cookies. I am talking about the spirit of drawing, hospitality. We get the word hospital from it. It is a caring, it is a reaching, it is a drawing. And so if you've been in the presence of Christ, you will draw people to the Lord. You will invite people. That is what it means to be hospitable, to have the hospitality of Christ. He ultimately is the hospitality of the Father. He calls whosoever will to come unto Him. If He's lifted up, He will what? Draw all men. And that is the spirit of hospitality. So the church in this day and in this hour has to have the spirit of drawing. Drawing. And we're drawing people to Christ. Secondly is koinonia, fellowship. We're drawing them to a body of believers, a people who because we love each other, we are spiritually knit together. And as we're spiritually knit together, we form a body and a family of Christ. And so when we're drawing people in, we're drawing them to the very person of the Lord Jesus that's manifest in us, in our behavior. And last of all, this morning, it's manifest in the spirit of edification. And I want to take you into a teaching of what it means to edify. And so we begin with the word edification. And it simply means this, oikodome. Oikodome means to build a house. Edification. How many of you have ever heard of a building called an edifice? You see this edifice being built? It's the concept to build. All right, so an edifice is edification. It means to build a house, build a house, to build something up. And if you've been in the presence of Christ, you're no longer destructive, you're constructive. You're building, you're, you're giving life. He wants us to be producers, not consumers. This culture we're in is driving us all to be consumers. Consume, consume, consume. We have an attitude in church that's just a consuming attitude. I want this, I don't want that. I like this, I don't like that. I'm going to pick this and not pick that. It's a bad attitude when really what Christ has given us is a spirit of life which produces the fruit of the Spirit, the nature of Christ. And so we're to build each other up and we're to build a house. In fact, let me share with you what Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18. He said this to Peter. He asked Peter, who do men say that I am? Peter turned and said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, well done, Peter, but you didn't get that revelation. The Father gave that to you. And he said this, and I tell you, you are Peter, Petros. That means a small pebble. And upon this rock, Petra, different Greek word, which was his confession. You're the little pebble, but your confession is the foundation that I'm going to build this kingdom on. And so he said the confession that Jesus is the Son of God, right? The Christ, the Messiah, that's what he's going to build the kingdom on. And he says this, I will build, oikodome, I will build my church 
I will edify my church. It's the same word. We have a problem in the New Testament in English in the writing of the New Testament. There's only one word for building, and it's oikodeme, and, and that word means to build. And so whenever you see in the Gospels or in Scripture that someone's going to build something, they use the term build. But when Paul admonishes and encourages believers to build each other's life up, we use edification or edify. And they're not different words. They're the same word. So when Jesus says, I'm going to build my church, he says, I'm going to edify my church. He washes his bride with his words. He builds us up. Christ is building his people by his declaration of who they are. I will edify my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We think of him as, as building a, a building and, and building blocks and this and that. No, he's building people. And how do you build people? You construct their lives, you edify them, you lift them up, you give them their identity, their new identity in Christ, and I'm going to build up my church to be sons of the living God, to know who they are in this time and in this age. That's what Christ is doing. Peter got it, because later Peter says this in 1 Peter 2, 5, he says this to the church, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up, okademe as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. See, he got what Jesus told him. I'm going to edify my church. I'm going to build my church. Peter says, we're living stones being edified, built as an assembly of people, a priesthood that is going to bring the kingdom of God to bear in this earth. We're a priest who's going to bring the will of heaven into the earth. And we're being built. We're being edified. That's what it means. So when we edify a brother or we're edifying a sister, we're building them. We're building the kingdom together. When you care and when you offer edification and, and uh, um, blessing and strength to another brother and sister, you're doing what Jesus wants done with his church. Now, let me ask you this. Peter said that we're living stones. Here's two pictures that represent stones. What's the difference between the lower picture and the upper picture? Organization. One of them's just a pile of stones. The other is neatly fit together, rightly in place. Many times churches are a pile of stones. We come together and we all just lump together. There's no unity. There's no purpose. There's no building up. We just gather together and we leave. It's a pile of bricks. Jesus said, I'm going to edify my church. I'm going to build my church. And when he builds something, how many of you know he's really good? He's really good at it. The problem is we stones move. We get off our foundation. That's why Paul said there's no other foundation by which can be laid than that which is Christ Jesus. He said, I'm just a builder on a foundation. Christ is the master builder. I just add on that foundation, but neatly fitted together, one to the other, going where we need to be placed so that together we're building up the mature structure of the kingdom of God. This is what it means to edify. So we need to be built together. Now, who does this work in us the Holy Spirit. 
God spoke through Jeremiah the prophet, and he said, my word is either a hammer or my word is either fire. How many of you know when you're building something, you need fire and you need a hammer? Sometimes God pounds us into shape. Sometimes he melts us down and burns us and casts us into the right position. This is the work of God. Jesus said, I I need to edify, I need to build up my people. And sometimes he's got to cut off hard edges to fit snug one living stone next to another. Maybe you've been next to a stone that had a sharp edge. God will fit us together. And so it says this in 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So with yourselves, since you're eager to for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in the building up of the church. He's talking to a Pentecostal church. He's talking to the church at Corinth. They were uh, filled with the Spirit, had all sorts of giftings, but boy, were they a mess. And he said, you really want the manifestation of the Spirit. Boy, you want the Spirit to move. Come, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah, move. And he said, that's great. Seek those things. Why? But seek the gifts that are going to build up, oikodomeo, build up, edify the church body. Because these spiritual gifts are the work of God to cause us to work together and fit together and be built together. That's what the Holy Spirit is doing. That's why we have the gifts of the Spirit in operation, so that we will be built up into the maturity of the Lord. He said this, that I have given some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, Ephesians 4.11. He goes on to say, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up, for building up the body until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. Building us up. We were predestined to be conformed, shaped to the image of Christ. It was God's plan before the beginning of time to have a people that looked like His Son, that were built up into the full stature of His Son, that His body is here on earth, This earth needs Jesus. Anybody? It needs Jesus. And the Jesus it's going to get is us. The manifest presence of his body in this earth. But we've got to build each other up instead of tearing each other down. And the enemy knows that. It's the one thing he's fought against. The unity of the body of Christ. The unity is the anointing of the body. It's the oil that runs down the head of Aaron down his beard. It's like the dew of Mount Hermon. It's the anointing oil that unity is our strength, is our building. It's Christ building the body. And every time we seem to get ourselves built and a structure going, we come along and tear it apart. The enemy knows that. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to build us together. Now, How does he do this? How does Jesus build his church? There's one thing that translates between the spirit realm and the physical realm. It's sound. It's sound. Voice, song, music. It translates between physical and spiritual. And so when God wants to bring heaven to earth, he speaks to us and he has us speak the will of God. And so God speaks 
And this is how we're in relationship with him. And so Jesus said, I will build my church. What does that mean? I'm going to build my church. What does it mean? I'm going to get hammers and nails. I'm going to build buildings on every corner. What does it mean I'm going to build my church? It means that he is going to bring people into salvation and he is going to speak to them and they're going to speak to the earth. What he's building is his voice in the earth through his people. And this is how he's going to do it by his spirit. This is how he's going to edify his people. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. One verse Two references to the same word, okodomeo, which means edify. So the one who speaks in a tongue builds up or edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the body. He said, I'm going to build you. And the way I'm going to build you is I need to speak into your life. I need to speak into you. I need to give you clear revelation of who you are. What is your identity? What you're becoming? And he says, if I will give you a spirit language, the spirit inside is groaning to do the will of the Father. And when you give voice to him and when you begin to pray, you'll pray in language, the tongues of the Holy Spirit. And as you're doing that, you're building up your most holy faith, Jude says. You're edifying yourself, building yourself up. And so God has given us a prayer language. And now that builds you up. And then he goes on to say in in the rest of that verse, but there's the gift of tongues and the word of prophecy that edifies the body at large. And so there is a vocal gift. There is a speaking that God has to build us up. He speaks to us to call us out of the world. He speaks to us to give us truth. He speaks to us to give us who we are. 1 Corinthians, again, we're speaking as to the building of the church. And when Jesus spoke to that church, Paul starts in 1 Corinthians 12 and he talks about the gifts of the body. What are the gifts for? To edify or to build the body of Christ. We need these gifts so that we will be built up. And not everybody has them all. We need them separately together. We'll come together and be the full manifestation of Christ. But you know what? He's talking about the gifts. And when he talks about the gifts, he stops in the middle of his conversation. He says, oh, 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 wait a minute. By the way, by the way, look it. <laughs> if you use these things without love, forget about it. You can do all these activities but not have me in the center of them. And without me, they mean nothing. It's a bunch of clanging cymbals and a bunch of loud noise. You need the manifest presence of my love. There's the koinonia. You need the koinonia, my relationship, my fellowship in the midst of it, where two or more of you gathered. There's my koinonia. There's my presence. But I'm going to build you up now by the gifts and the demonstration of my spirit. One is, then he goes on into 1 Corinthians 14, and he separates between the gift of of uh, the baptismal prayer uh, of the Spirit, that's for your self-edification, and then he goes on into the corporate edification of the people of God. And there's two ways to edify the body, and that is the gifts of tongues and interpretation and the gift of prophecy. Both of those are to edify the church at large. We heard it this morning. It was demonstrated in our midst. That Jesus is speaking to his bride, telling us, this hour you better be aware. Time is coming short to where there's going to be a sharp distinction. No more walking the fence. You're either in or you're out. You're either light or you're darkness. Make up your mind. Get ready. 
for the clarity of it. Draw near to me intimately. Know me. Press into me so that we can demonstrate this love. Now, Jesus is speaking that to us. Now, look at, I, 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 I work hard and pray hard to get a word for the body of Christ. Uh, but you can't leave it up to the preacher. We're all one body. And so God's speaking to us, amen, through this gifting of the Holy Spirit. But there are many who are not allowing it to flow anymore. There are many churches who don't want tongues and interpretation. They don't want prophecy. It gets messy. It can sound weird. It can put people off. But this is about the body of Christ. And Jesus said, I need to speak to my people. I am going to edify my church. When he said, I'm going to build my church, he said, I'm going to edify my church. I'm going to edify my church. I'm going to edify my church. I'm going to build my church till it attains the full stature. I'm going to give them apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, till they come to the full stature, till they're edified and what? Fit together like a solid block of people. God, we're looking forward to this happening. How many of you are in on that? I mean, come on, there's 2,000 years of history here. I think we're closer to this time than ever before. We've got to get ready to be put in position and into place. And so the Spirit is doing this work. Now look at if the Spirit is doing this work and speaking to edify and to build up and to strengthen the body of Christ, why are we working against Him? It seems so often that as we get a foothold and as he's moving and as he's, he's going, you know what, I can preach my heart out, we can hear a message from the word, we can praise, we can hear prophecy in tongues, and we're moved and strengthened in between here and the back door that you leave, someone offends us. And then all the building up just got torn down by attitude. Oh my goodness. And the ravens come and take the morsels and fly away. Right? So how does he build us? What are we supposed to do? He says this, encourage one another and build up, oikoneo, and edify one another just as you've been doing. He's doing this work amongst us. We must participate in this work with him. We can't be contrary to what he's trying to do. We have to be cooperative with what he's trying to do. He builds up. It's like two steps forward and we take two steps back. He builds us up and we tear it down. Oh my goodness. It should not be. We can't be in work against the Holy Spirit, can we? But you know what? Sometimes we get so enthralled in Jesus. We're so in our pursuit of Jesus. We're in such a consumer attitude for Jesus. I came here to worship Jesus, not listen to that guy over there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, man, would you stop with the rapper? You're driving me nuts. Thank you, Jesus. What do you mean? Move. This is my seat. I'm seeking Jesus. These people are driving me nuts. Hallelujah, Jesus. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. But we get into this, right? Yeah, we do. We all do. We've got to understand what it means to build one another up. We're in such a culture now that we're so isolated from each other. You see it every day at the restaurants, right? 
dad and his kids sitting in, uh, we saw this just the other day, a, a dad and a daughter having dinner together. And, and he was trying to communicate, and she was like, yeah, whatever, and, and doing this and this. So he pulled out his paper, and he was this. Just two different forms of isolation, sitting at the same table. Just taking selfies. It's like, wow. No communication, no edifying. Parents, you need to edify your children. They need to hear. Stop tearing them down. Everybody's tearing them down. Somebody begin to speak into their lives. Tell them how wonderful they are. Tell them how awesome identify their gifts and call it out call it out there's so much more that god wants to do with us but we're so wounded from all the de-edification we've had we need to begin god has so much to call out of you he wants to identify and build up there's so many gifts yet to be performed and brought out in this congregation so many of you have so much to offer and we've got to build it up but then you get offended by somebody else and retrieve it back retreat back cannot be we've got to pull it out and so how do we do this paul says this in first corinthians chapter 8 verse 1 he says knowledge puffs up but love builds up same word edifies i'm going to build my church love builds up love builds love connects love builds knowledge puffs up I know this. We have so much knowledge. We're so smart. Aren't we all so smart? We know so much about Jesus. We know so much about the different, we know the Old Testament. We know the New Testament. I can tell you 37 names of the Holy Spirit. But do I act like Him? Do I care like Him? This is the difference. Knowledge just puffs up. And what puffs up separates. Love builds and connects. Edifies edifying one another that's what the lord wants us to do we must learn how to edify and esteem others i go back to the original text i brought to you in matthew 16 jesus said i will edify my church i'll build my church and what the gates of hell will not prevail against it so what are the gates of hell what are the gates of hell well that's satan and all of his demons no it's not No, the gates of hell. What are the gates of hell? He's saying literally the mouth of death. Hell is Hades. It's the grave. And it's the gates of the grave. He says this, I'm going to edify my church and death cannot even overcome it. Death cannot overcome this church. We've got eternal life now. So what are we afraid of? Why are we so lackluster in our witness? Why are we so hesitant and fearful of everything? He said, I'm going to build you up to where you shouldn't even worry about death. What are you even concerned about death for? The mouth of hell will not consume my church. That's what a gate is. A gate is an opening. I'm going to edify my church and the mouth of hell won't speak against it. I don't want to be. Isn't it interesting? Consider this. Now, of course, the devil and his hosts war against the church, and we war against them in the heavenlies. Of course, gates are those things of entrances, but the the kingdom of heaven is pushing against the gates of death. We want to save souls so they don't get eternally lost. We're going to push against every gate and every uh, uh, passing over into eternity. We're going to break down the gates of hell, the gates of death, we're going to bring salvation to lost souls. And we're building them up. Isn't it interesting that the opposite of edification is accusation? 
So Jesus said, I'm going to edify my church. And what does the devil do? He's a what? An accuser of the brethren. What's the best way to defeat an accuser? It's build up the people. See, we don't have a problem in heaven. He stands, it says in Revelation 12, that the devil is an accuser before the throne of God day and night. He accuses us day and night. We don't need to worry about that before the throne of God because John says we have an advocate with the Father. Our advocate is Christ Jesus. He can accuse me all he wants before the throne, but I'm under the blood. Jesus declares that. So where does the accuser work best? In church. In church. That's where he traffics his wares. And so Jesus said, I'm going to build up my church. I'm going to edify my church. The Spirit, it comes to edify. And the gifts are given so that we'd be edified. And the five-fold ministry is here among us, given to the body so we'd be edified. And God is doing everything he can to build us, to build us. And what do we do? Our mouths become the gates of hell. And we speak against the building of Christ among us. I hope this pierces your heart as it's pierced mine this morning to consider how much damage I have done in thought and in word to people's lives with an attitude, with, a, with a, an opinion, with a harsh word to somebody. It doesn't even have to be harsh. You can smile and say they're a jerk. <laughs> we do all the time. and We're hurting each other, folks. What are we doing? We have got to get into the supernatural realm of edification. This isn't about whether we like each other or not. This is about building the kingdom of God. Do you see that if we tear down while he's trying to build up, we're working in opposite spirits. The gates of hell should not prevail against the edification that the Lord is bringing. So I don't want my mouth to be a gateway of hell. So I've got to stop being critical. I've got to stop gossiping. I've got to stop slandering. And I hope when I put my, my name in there that you're saying the same thing. I've got to stop. I've got to stop this. My God is trying to edify. Well, why is he edifying him and not me? <laughs> no, he's personally edifying you anytime you want. Anytime you're seeking the Lord, he's edifying you. You don't need to tear someone else down so that you get built up. It's not how it works in the kingdom. He's personally giving each one of you his full attention. He's eternal. He can do that. <laughs> right? I'm going to give you five things that we need to work on so that we can practically apply this edification. And so how are we going to build each other up? How do we edify? Christ is edifying us, and he's doing this work by his Spirit through his gifts. Now how are we going to edify? Number one, invest in other Christians without expecting anything in return. I must esteem others more highly than myself. Yes, there are attitudes and actions that you know Jesus needs to fix in those people. Now, the Word of God is given unto us for instruction and correction and reproof and instruction in righteousness. There's a right way to go about correcting someone. There's a right way to deal with the issues, to confront and to talk to them, but to do it so that there will be growth 
not destruction. Jesus disciplines us, but all discipline is unto maturity, so growth. We've got to be careful with our attitude, but we're to esteem others more highly than ourselves, and so we need to invest in other Christians' lives without expecting a return. And so begin to consider praising people, consider giving them constructive uh, opinion and attitude and help them. You know, I think about the person, I think about that woman who's, who's a, a single mom trying to get her kids together to come to church. She wakes up feeling down. She's depressed. God can't use me. I'm not accomplishing much. She's got all the recorded messages that the enemies put in her head from other people criticizing her. She's not the smartest. She knows that. She's not the prettiest. She knows that. She doesn't have much to wear. Why even come to church? But she's stirred up enough in Christ Jesus that maybe I should make it there. Maybe I should try and go. And you know what? We we think that, but even some of the most glamorous and wonderfully looking people have those same issues in their own heart. And they're trying to make it, and they're getting here, and they get to the door, and it's everything they can to get in. And and God has finally got them to a place. They listen to a CD, and and they feel built up in the spirit, and and they're going to come into church, and they, they finally get here, and the kids are running, and someone greets them at the door, and they say, oh, hi, and they move on, and, and the person says, oh, you can't spend enough two minutes saying hi to me? Thanks for coming. And they're crushed. We hurt each other so quickly. We, we don't realize what we're saying to one another. We've got to begin to discern. It took some people everything they could to get here today. But we don't even think of that. You're in my way. Get out of the way. You didn't say hi. How dare you not say hi? I'm sorry. And so we've got so many wounded people and we all want to leave church. It's the, it's the big move now. Everybody leave the church. Where are you going to go? You are the church. Well, I'm not going to gather at that church. We'll gather at another one. And if there's two or more, Christ is there. And so is all the irritations. Where are you going to go? Oh, I'm just going to go where my friends are. Oh, good. Okay. That's great. That'll last how long? We are the church. We can't leave each other. So give. Begin to invest. You know what? We're so, so, uh, we're, our issues, James says this, you, you argue and you quarrel, you fight and so forth, and you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss. And the reason that whole passage is about attitudes between one another, it's because you want for you, not for what's best with God and the others. If you would begin to give away instead of always wanting, it'll change the climate of building the church. So let's invest in others and don't look for a return. Just begin to give. Peter says this is a hard issue. Purify your souls by your obedience to the truth. For a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. So it's a heart issue. Out of the abundance of the the heart, the mouth speaks. If we're critical of everyone else, we've got some kind of critical issue in our own heart. God's trying to build these people up. I don't know why he's wasting his time, a bunch of losers. You're right, we are. That's why we got a Savior. He garbage picked me. 
He pulled me out of the trash and he said, you're wonderful. Me? Yes, you. So I don't need someone else to come up to me and say you're trash. I know, but he loves me. Can't you too? got to begin to see like he sees and go oh my gosh i can't believe you you are awesome you are wonderful look what god's done look what he's done i my life is a mess ah but you're beautiful god loves you he's investing everything into you you've got to treasure other people like he does we've got to see with his eyes number two know when to give some space to relationships sometimes we do have irritations between people give some space Let's manage each other, manage the situation. I love this Proverbs. It's, re- it's really interesting. Proverb 25, 17. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? Dude, your foot's in my house again? In other words, create some space. I understand. You need a time out. You need, time, need a break. Sometimes we get in each other's lives so much. Can we take a break here? Can we just... Re- so there's a pace to the way we live with each other. And when you're going to blow a fuse, don't do it on someone else. But pace yourselves. Put space between. Don't let your foot be in the same house all the time. And so we need to give relationships space and work with each other. If you're fed up with the way something's working, take a time out. Give a break. Come back to it. Begin to esteem. Ask the Lord from a different perspective what's going on. Begin to pray into that situation and see what's going on with those people. But give yourself some space. Number three, speak the truth in love. I love this proverb. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. People who, who are fake, always kissing you, but gossiping about you behind your back. But true are the wounds of a friend. In other words, a friend's going to say, dude, you got mustard like all over your mouth. <laughs> Wipe it up. There's, help each other out, but, but in a way that we can trust each other. This is Christ building his church. What do you think it means to build the church? I mean, uh, please read the New Testament, will you? Because within the first couple weeks, we had a church split between, the, between the, 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 the Hellenistic widows and the Jewish widows. Uh, we had uh, problems with the offerings, with Ananias and Sapphira cheating and keeping money back. We have fights between Barnabas and Paul. This is nothing new. But read every letter that Paul and Peter writes to the church and it's all about building each other up, stop criticizing each other, stop gossiping, let's build. This is the work that Christ's involved with. He's building us up. We've got to get the message and start acting like it. Number four, let go of relationships that harm your relationship with Christ. We've got to build godly relationships. We've got to build things up. If you're hanging around people who refuse to mature and refuse to edify and build up but are constantly tearing down, let them know, I don't need to be around this, this talk anymore. You keep criticizing. You keep cutting. You keep undermining the ministry of the Lord. I don't need to be listening to this anymore. Please separate from the destructive conversation so that you can be a part of the constructive. 
Number five, pursue a deeper walk with Christ. Why? Because the biggest conflict is we don't look and sound like Jesus. We're not following after him. We heard the message today that Jesus edified to us, built to us, and said, stay just a little bit longer. Stay. Stay in my presence. Now, the longer we stay in his presence, the more we're going to edify each other, the more we're going to build and understand his building. Amen? We need to work at this, folks. This has got to become a real thing. We need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Right? Have a Snickers, because you're getting, you're getting too crazy on me. Right? A Holy Spirit Snicker bar. You see those commercials? That's what we need. You need some Holy Spirit, man. Here, take a bite of that. Now, this is a spirit. This is a spirit. You please get this. Everything I've talked to you about is the presence of Christ, the hospitality, the koinonia, and now the edification. This is the evidence and manifestation that the presence of Christ is in a house. Because if these three things aren't here, we're managing the house. But when he's here, we begin to conform to what he's trying to build. And this is extremely serious, that we must build onto what he's building and stop tearing down what he's trying to accomplish. Have you, it's un, it's so that we grow into full maturity. How many of you have ever tried to build something with a three-year-old? <laughs> hold this, honey. No, hold it. Hold it. Don't go anywhere with it. Don't go. Oh, you ever try and play Jenga? With your, delicate we're building we're constructing we don't need to be toddlers anymore would you agree with me spiritual toddlers when every time he's trying to build something up we come along and tear it down no not anymore so we need to repent we need to say i want to be constructive not deconstructive jesus said i will edify my church remember that I know we always say, I will build my church. It's the same word. I will edify my church. And consider, am I in that work? Am I in that work with him? Let's bow our heads.